With Hashem's deep love, you're listening to the 140th edition of the Daily Kabbalah Lesson. In the previous lesson, we spoke about people who have different levels of souls, so they have different abilities to reach up to the highest worlds and affect those worlds. Now, the Nefesh Chaim takes this idea one step further and says that because of the power of thought, depending on how intense a person's thought is as he's doing a certain action, that's the effect that will be affected by that thought and by that action. What do I mean? If, let's say, a person is doing a certain act of an avera, of a sin, and he has an intense connection to that sin, his mind is completely involved with that sin as he's doing it, so it's going to have a greater impact on the upper worlds than if he would be doing that same exact sin, but in a way that he was totally spaced out. If he wasn't even involved in his mind in actual sin, so the sin has much less of an effect on the upper worlds. So you see the power of thought. This is the concept that we see, actually, our sages tell us that the thoughts that are involved with an act of a sin, of a transgression, are actually greater than the transgression itself. Because the transgression, so of course the action itself has a certain effect, but that effect doesn't reach as high as the thoughts that are involved. Thus, if a person is more involved with his thoughts, with an act of transgression, so it reaches to a higher place. It brings a few different verses that we actually see this concept. The first verse that we see this in is as follows. It says, There are two different things that the verse explains that God sees. First is the heart. God, who is the fashioner of man. So he sees the heart. He understands all of their actions. So you see that there's a dual, there's a double concept in the action of a transgression or of course, as well, in a positive deed, there's two parts of it. There's the action itself, and the judgment on that action, how much it affects, is also judged based on the thoughts themselves. The second verse that he brings is a verse in Koelos in Ecclesiastes. It says, It says, All actions, God will bring them to judgment, and anything that is hidden. What does it mean, and anything that is hidden? So the Nefesh Chaim explains, because again we see here, there's an action, and there's something that's hidden in the action. What's hidden in the action is the thought that's involved in the action. So you see that there's this duality. There's the action and the thought. And depending on the thoughts, that's going to be the depth of the effect of the action. And he brings a third verse, which is a verse in Proverbs, chapter 3, verse 19. It says, eretz, The verse continues and speaks about the different levels of reality, the concept of Shemaim Va'aretz, the heavens and the earth, etc. And then the next verse, it says, Bini al yaluzu So this verse speaks about the concept of the eyes. And the Nefesh explains that we see elsewhere, in a number of different places, that the eyes represent thought. As we have that hachacham of b'roishay, person who's wise, his eyes are in his head. What does that mean? It means he thinks about what's going to be in the future. So you see that the eyes are a concept of thought, and therefore we said the verse is saying that one should not use his thoughts to the word yaluzu. This is Your thoughts should not cause any kind of akmimus. He says it shouldn't cause any kind of bending. It shouldn't cause ill effects to all of the levels, the spiritual realms that we spoke about in the previous part of the verse.
Now, just as a side point, I think it's interesting to note that in this week's Torah portion, in the Parsha, so we see that Hashem says to Moshe Rabbeinu, Moses, He says, I'm sorry, but I can't let you go into the land of Israel because of the sin that you committed. However, what you can do is you can go stand up top of the mountain and you can look out at the land of Israel. And of course, the question is, what does Moshe Rabbeinu, what does Moses gain by standing on top of that mountain and looking down upon the land of Israel? He's not in the land of Israel. He wants to be able to go in there. He wants to be able to do the mitzvahs, the commandments that are inherited in that land. What does it help him to look at that land? It's almost like, it seems like, it's like, oh, you can look at it, but you can't go there. Look, but don't touch. Like, what's, what's the understanding of it? And I think it could be that this concept that we're talking about over here, that the eyes are connected to the thoughts, it gives us a hint to what's going on in this verse, because when a person sees something, so it's something that's completely outside of him. Nevertheless, his eyes, by seeing that thing, it brings that object into his mind in a certain sense. It's able to be visualized, but where's the visualization happening? So we're used to think of things that we see, we we think of them as outside of us, because they are outside of us. But the actual vision that a person has, it actually takes place inside of the mind. The mind projects it onto the screen of the soul, and the person who's really at his essence, just awareness. So you're able to see that. But where is it taking place? Really inside of the mind. So, And that's why we see over here this concept that seeing has to do with thought. Because seeing and thinking really happen in the same place. And that's inside of the mind. So it could be that by Moshe Rabbeinu looking out upon the land of Israel, even though while it's true, he wouldn't be able to actually be there. But instead of actually physically entering into the land, what he was able to do by seeing the land was he was able to bring the land inside of him. That could be the reason why God gave him, in a certain sense, he answered his prayer. Moshe Rabbeinu asked that he be able to enter into the land of Israel. He wasn't able to physically enter, but the land of Israel did enter into him.